Mayed everyone. Hope you had a beautiful, beautiful Sukkot. So, we continue. We left off on the bottom of page 49b, the second chapter, Kiddushin. We are sitting in the Sukkah, in this beautiful Sukkah, in front of the Chabad house. So, it's on the street, so it may be a little noisy, but uh, we'll try to speak up. And um, so, the Mishnah, the Mishnah says that if if a, wo- if a man says to a woman, marry me that I'm a Koyin, it turns out he's a Levi, or he's a mar- marry me, I'm a Levi, it turns out he's a Koyin. Or if he's a Nasin, from those that the King David decreed they're not allowed to marry Jews, and it turns out he's a bastard, or vice versa. Or he says that I am a person that lives in a big city, and turns, uh, I'm sorry, in a small city, it turns out he lives in a big city. Or I am I live close to the bathhouse. It turns out he lives far from the bathhouse. Or I have a daughter. I have a a maid, uh, a special maid, a privileged maid, and he doesn't have, or vice versa. Or that he has children, he doesn't have, or vice versa. So, and then it turns out that it wasn't. It's not so, then it's not a kiddushin. Even though she may say later, my heart, I didn't mind. I was ready to marry him even without the condition. It doesn't matter. This was an explicit condition, so if you don't fulfill the condition, then it's, 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 a, it's not a marriage. Or vice versa. If she, makes a, if she says, I'm only going to marry you, or if she, he says, I'm only going to marry you, and the condition that you are a city person, turns out she's a small town person etc so that's the Mishnah so the Gemara says three lines in the bottom of 49 beats a person sold everything that he possessed because he wanted to make Aliyah to Israel he wanted to move to Israel when he sold he didn't say a word he didn't say I'm selling you in the condition that I'm leaving town and the reason I'm selling is because I'm leaving towns. I have to sell everything I own. I can't take it with me. And then at the end, he didn't go. So I'm a rabbi. I have a daughter in Shabbalay. Daughter in Shabbalay. We need to divorce him. Since he didn't spell it out, if he would have spelled out at the time, he says, if he would have said that I'm selling because I'm moving to the land of Israel. And then, if he changes his mind, doesn't go to the land of Israel, and the sale is off. Because he wasn't—he he never sold it that he should live here homeless. He should sell his mansion that he lived all his life, and suddenly he—he he stays in town. And he has nowhere to live. Then, of course not. Yeah, he didn't even mention a word. He didn't mention a word. If he would have expressed it that I'm selling you because I'm moving to Israel, then if he didn't move, of course the sale is off. Jesus asked, why are you so certain that the sale is off? We learned, we already learned this already, that you learn any condition that you make, any stipulation, you learn from the condition of Reuven and God. Moshe made a condition with him. He had to repeat it. If you do go, then you will inherit. If you don't go, you won't inherit. All these conditions here, what do you mean if you were to mention I'm selling you because of Israel? It's not enough. It has to be, you have to double it, you have to say it twice. Positive in the, in the affirmative and in the, in, the, in the negative. So, therefore, some want to say that this only applies only when it comes to things that are prohibited, not with financial matters. 
But Taisus finds it very difficult. Maimonides also finds that very difficult because Reuven and God was a financial matter about inheritance. It wasn't a prohibition. It wasn't only about Kiddushin or Gittin. So they answer something else, that there's some things that it's so obvious, it's so clear that the only reason you sold it, the only reason you sold it is because you're moving to Israel. So had he mentioned that I'm moving to Israel, you don't need all these conditions. It's clear, it's crystal clear that that's the only reason, only reason he sold it. In other words, we testify. We say that that's clear, that that's the only reason. And therefore, if he doesn't end up going to Israel, the whole sale is off. But in our case, he never even mentioned a word, even though he thought about it. So that's what he says. Words from the heart don't mean anything. If you don't breathe a word and you don't say anything, then the sale is final. But as, I mean, where does Rav learn this from? How does Rav know this? Maybe, even if he doesn't say anything, how do you know that words from the heart are nothing? Maybe here it's obvious that that's the reason he sold it. Why would he sell everything that he had? Only because he was planning to go to Israel. And then things change. So he changed his mind. He decided to stay. So then maybe the sale should be off. Where does Ravin know that words from the heart have no legal, have no legal standing? If you're going to want to say, Meha. Elayman Meha, if you're going to learn from here. Yeah, well, you hear the noise. People are stepping into the sukkah to bench Lulav and Esri. Elayman Meha, if you're going to say from here, Yakadev Isai, Melamech Akaifan Isai. In Manhattan, it's so rare to see a sukkah because if, if, no one could even build a sukkah. No one has a place to build a sukkah. If you have a backyard, maybe. So to see a sukkah on the street is so rare. Madidnan, <laughs> we learn in the Mishnah. It's a brisa. There's no such mission. It's a brisa. It says, it says in the sacrifice that we force him we force him to bring a sacrifice a person today is Rambam also by the way by divine providence those who study three chapters of Rambam a day and if someone takes upon himself to volunteer takes upon himself a volunteer a burnt offering or peace offering you force him the best forces him and you see that he's delaying it the best forces him to bring it not to pass the first yamtiv without bringing the sacrifice. You would think. You would think that you force him. Okay, so how could it be both? It's a contradiction in terms. You force him and then he does it willingly. Okay, you force him until he says, I, I agree. It would seem like a, a joke. I mean, you force someone to say, I'm doing it willingly. You're beating him up. I'm doing it willingly. Uh, of course he's not doing it willingly. You're beating him. It's a submission. Jew, deep down, every Jew wants to do the right thing. So when you force a Jew to say that he wants, that Ammam explains, he's telling the truth. Okay. Why do you say he's doing it willingly? You see, in his heart he doesn't want. You're beating him into submission. You're beating him into a pulp. Of course he'll say, I want. You have to say the words of the heart don't matter. We don't care what he thinks in his heart. All that matters is what he says on the outside. He says, "I want, I want." The mother says, "No, that's not a good answer." Dilma over there, that's not a proof. Dilma over there, shiny awesome. There's different. We know that a person wants. 
uh, an atonement for his sins. Because even a, a burnt offering is an atonement for for positive mitzvahs or mitzvahs or lavanitik lase. So therefore, therefore he really wants. In other words, he may think he doesn't want, but deep down he really wants. He wants a kapar. So Ella, rather, yeah, rather you learn it from the end, from the end of the brayz, and be safe. This idea of forcing a person, compelling a person, until he says, "I want to." When a koyin is married to a divorcee, so when he's not allowed to marry, so you beat him into a pulp until he agrees to give a get to divorce his wife, or to or to free his servant. If he's obligated by Allah to free his servant. He doesn't. We force him. We compel him. Until now, by get. Also, uh, he has to want to. If he doesn't want to, it's not a kosher get. So it's a contradiction in terms. You're forcing him. He says, I love my wife. I don't care about Allah. I don't care about Hashem. I don't care about his daughter. I want to live with, with, this, with this woman. And we force him until he says, I want. It's not worth the paper it's written on. But we see that the Vadim Shabalev ain't him the Vadim. Because as long as he says, I want, I don't care. I don't care in his heart. He thinks differently. It doesn't matter. Why does it help? In his heart, his heart is against it. So it shouldn't be worth the paper it's written on. But because we say that we don't care what he thinks in his heart, as long as he said, I agree, I agree. The mother says, No, there's Again, it's a mitzvah. Deep down, it's a mitzvah. Now, he can't say the reason is because you beat him, so now he genuinely wants because he doesn't want to be beaten. No. When you beat someone and you force someone to say something, you're, he's not saying it. Now, logically, you're saying it. If you force someone to murder, is he liable for murder? No. He didn't pull the trigger. Yes, he technically pulled the trigger. But the truth is you pulled the trigger. You're liable for murder, not not him. He didn't do it. It doesn't even it doesn't even associate with the person when you force someone. So you force someone to say I want to. It's a joke. What do you mean you forced him? You didn't. He didn't say I want to. He's like he's like a you're like a ventriloquist. You said I want to. He didn't say anything. But because we say that deep down he wants to do what the best and wants to do. It's a mitzvah to listen to the rabbis. That's what Allah says. If a guy forces you to give a get. Even though he's beating you into a pulp, Uncle Tony is hanging you out the window. He says, you better give a divorce or else I'm dropping you. It doesn't mean anything. It's not a get. If, I, if according to Torah, I don't have to give a get, just forcing me and to save myself from torture to say that I'm saying it willingly, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. You didn't say I want. The guy who's forcing you said I want. We've got to find a new source. He knows this from here. If someone sanctifies a woman, I mean, even Makadesh a woman, betrothes a woman, and he says, I thought that she's a Kahanis. Now I find out that a Levia, she's a Levia. I thought she's a Levia and a Kahanis, and I, never, I would never agree. Ani, I thought she's poor, and I like a poor person because I I can't keep up with a rich girl. I can't make a rich girl happy. I can't afford her. Rishi I maintenance, or Ashira, I wanted a rich. she's a poor. So Mukadesh, she's still Mukadesh. She never fooled him. She never said anything. You assume that I tell you 
I never said a word. You assumed. He assumed falsely. You gave me a condition. The condition is valid. But my common, because somebody is, he says it in my heart, I was against it. Ella, from here we say, this is the source, that words in the heart don't mean anything. It doesn't matter. I thought, I, I assume, it means nothing. It has no legal validity. If it's still not approved, maybe it's only the Kiddushin is a good Kiddushin, only Lechumra, that we're strict. In other words, we don't know what he thought. We can't know what he thought. Maybe the words of the heart are valid. But he's claimed that that's what he thought. We have no way of knowing. So because we have no way of knowing, we can't say for certain that he's not Mekudosh. That's the problem. But out of, out of doubt, we say, maybe, maybe he just made it up after the fact. He just wants the way out of the marriage. So he's making up a whole Baba Meiser. We have a way of knowing what he thought. We can't read minds. We don't know what he was thinking, what he was feeling. So that's what we say. We're strict and we say the Kiddushan is a Kiddushan. But how do I know to say that it's absolutely, that even if I know for certain that that's what he was thinking, like in our case, we know he was moving to Israel. We know he had the ticket, he was moving, and that explains why he was selling everything that he had. It was a fire sale. And then he changed his mind. How do you know that words from the heart are nothing in that case? We learn it from here. We learn from our mission. It says Bukulam. Any way where he 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 misled her, or she misled him. The mission concludes. Even if the woman says, "Listen, I was ready to marry him no matter what. I didn't care, even though he misled me. I, I loved him so much. I'm ready to marry him with children, without children. It doesn't matter." Nevertheless, it's not even a doubt. She's definitely not Makudish. My wife, she says in my heart, I was ready to marry her, to marry him. So you see from here that the words of the heart have no legal validity. Since he made a specific condition, he verbally expressed a condition that you're marrying me on the condition of I have children, I don't have children with the other, all the other conditions. So in this case, words of the heart cannot uproot the condition. She didn't say anything. You heard this condition, you didn't breathe a word. You didn't say, I don't care, I love you anyway. Why didn't she proclaim her undying love no matter what? So in that case, we say that words from the heart don't have no legal validity. The fourth, a fourth approach says, it was an episode, an incident that happened but with Rav Chizda, before Rav Chizda. person, this, this incident, the Rav's case happened. A person sold everything. He planned to move to Israel. In the last minute, he changed his mind. Rav Chizda, but he didn't say anything. He didn't say anything explicitly. Rav Chizda went to the base of Medrash of Rav Huna to, 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 to discuss what's the halacha. And they both decided that, the, that words from the heart have no legal validity. And where do they derive this from? A rabbi has to give a source. A rabbi can't say, this is what I believe. You can challenge a rabbi and say, I'm sorry, show me a source. Where, what's your rationale? Where did he get it from in the Torah? Where do you see this in the Torah? So they, they learned it from Eha. They learned it from a tractate Me'ila. We learned. If he says to an agent, bring me 
bring me money from the window or from a sack and buy me something in the marketplace with this money. Go to the market and use this money and buy it. They feel it. And he got in the market. He got in the store, whatever he asked for. Even though the, the owner says, I never intended he should bring me money from this wallet, which is with the wrong person. It's from Hegdish. The consecrated money that belongs to the temple treasury. I meant the wallet that belongs to me. That's my money. Nevertheless, since he's a messenger, we learn. Mila is one of the three things where even an agent represents the owner even when it comes to sin. So when the shliach represents the owner, so the owner's sin, he used consecrated money, desecrated, consecrated money for his own personal use. And he needs an atonement. So the question is, why? He says, in my heart, it was clear I didn't want him to use this money. Surely the reason is, it's because it doesn't matter what you said, what you thought. It's not what you said. You said, take this money and, 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 and buy it to me. He didn't specify this and not that. He said a window. He didn't say which window. One window had his money and one window had the consecrated money. And he went ahead and took from the consecrated money. So you didn't say a word. How should he know? He didn't know. He didn't say anything. So therefore we see that words in the heart have no legal validity. The Gemara pushes off this proof also. The, the, the fifth rule. Maybe we, we suspect that he, he doesn't want to bring the atonement. Because you have to bring a sacrifice. He doesn't want to bring the atonement. The Hashamila is the guilt offering. You have to add, uh, you add a fifth. He doesn't want to do all that. So he makes up a Baba Meiser. He makes up a story that, uh, you know, in my heart, that's not what I meant. So you don't believe him. It's not because words of the heart have no legal validity. We suspect there were no words of the heart here. He made it up after the fact to exempt himself from the atonement. Sigma so says, no, we're not worried about that. Why? Because he has a simple way out. You want to exempt yourself from, from the offering and from the just say it was intentional. When do you have an atonement? Only if it was unintentional. You could have said, Yes, I intentionally wanted him to use the money, the consecrated money. So obviously he's telling the truth. Did it unintentionally. But he did it intentionally. So if he's lying, so therefore he must be telling the truth. And nevertheless we say that the the owner is Moyal because because words from the heart are meaningless. The Gemara says, no. The Gemara pushes off this. The Gemara says, No person is going to admit publicly that he was a Russia, that he intentionally told his agent to go and to, and to use consecrated money. He would, never, he would never do that. So therefore, maybe indeed he made it up after the fact. He's a... He's not because he makes up a story that yeah it was unintentional and he never had it in mind and the whole thing is a lie. Still in all, he must be telling the truth. If his intention was to exempt himself from an from an offering from an atonement, he could have said something that he still would retain his innocence. He could have said, Niskarti, I remember after I told the agent to take money from one of the windows. I remembered at the time I forgot that one of the wallets one of the 
was uh, sacred money. Then I reminded myself before the before the shliach spent the money, and in this way, the agent is the one who's moil. The agent is the one who who desecrated the consecrated money, not the sender. The Tanya will learn the braisa. If after the owner tells his agent to use the sacred money or sacred object, Niska Balabayas, the owner remembers, reminds himself that this money is sacred before the agent had a chance to spend the money, to use the money. But the Shliach didn't know about it. So Shliach Moal. So therefore, if his intent was to avoid the sacrifice, is a better way of doing it, where he comes out smelling like a rose. So when he says that I never intended, we believe him. There's no reason for him to lie. And nevertheless, we say that the owner needs an atonement. So you see that words of the heart, that's the source. That's the final source. This is the source. A person who sold all of his possessions because he was planning to move to Israel. And he said so explicitly. That's his intention. The reason I'm selling everything is this fire sale because I, I need to move to Israel. So I want to sell everything. He went there to Israel, but he couldn't settle there. And um, and therefore he went moved back. He came back. Now he wants to, he wants to nullify the cancel the sale. I want everything back. If you're going there to Israel, your intention is to live there. In other words, when you said you're selling everything because you're going to Israel, not because you're visiting Israel, you're a tourist. Clearly, your intention was you're planning to settle in Israel. And since he couldn't settle, for whatever reason, he couldn't find a livelihood, he couldn't find a house, since the bottom line is he didn't settle, therefore, he could take it back. He could have the say, the said, no, he can't take it back. Because since Adaitul Amesa, he said, I'm going to Israel, and he went to Israel, the fact that he changed his mind, he turned around and went back, that doesn't undo the sale. Another incident. He sold all of his possessions. He was planning to move to Israel. And he explicitly said so at the time of the sale. That's the reason he's selling. He didn't end up going. He never went. He changed his mind. He wanted to cancel the sale. If he wants, he could go. He has no right to change the sale. No one is stopping you from going to Israel. He could have another say. If he wants, he can go up. So therefore, nothing is stopping him. So therefore, you don't cancel sale. He argues with he argues with it What's the difference between these two versions? The bottom line is is the same. That the sale is valid. You can't cancel the sale. So he says, the difference is, <laughs> in other words, on the way, something something developed, a new development. Let's say there were bandits on the road, so you will block them, he couldn't go. So according to the first opinion, he can still, he still has an option. There's ways to circumvent this obstacle. He can go with a caravan, he can go with a whole group of people, he can hire, hire uh, guards. So therefore the sale is not, not nullified. According to the second opinion, it says who's stopping him from going. It's only when he can go easily. The moment is a difficulty, the 
of course, something is stopping him. So he's not going. That, then the sale is nullified. Okay, next mission. Next mission. Look, they look at Mishnah. He tells his messenger, his agent, go and betroth this woman. He specifies which woman in this place, living in this location, to meet Fall of a kitchen Makamacher, and he betrothed her, the right woman, but in the wrong place. Ain't him looking at that Right, but if he says, are they even more complaining? He says, betroth this woman to me. She ha- where are you going to find her? Here's the place he happened to find her. And it turns out she's somewhere else. It wasn't like a stipulation. I want you to betroth her in this place. He's not just telling you where you're going to find her. But if you find her elsewhere, the bottom line is you should betroth her to me. We also find, we also learn the mission in Gitan. If he makes an agent give this get to my wife, and more complaining this in this place, and he ends up giving it to her in a, in a different place, it's an invalid get. If he tells the agent that, hey, he we're going to find my wife, she's in, in this location. And it turns out she's in a different location, and he gives her the get there. So why do we have to learn the same Mishnah, the same Halacha twice? It's the same concept. Why do you have to learn it in the case of Gidin and in the case of Gidushin? So you want to say, no, I need both. I wouldn't know one from the other. In other words, he wants to bring her closer to him. He wants to marry her. By Kiddushin, I would say he's fussy because they love me. I have friends there. They're not going to say anything bad about, bad about me. They're only going to praise me. But I asked in a different place, suddenly I have enemies. They're going to say negative things about me. They're going to turn her off to me. So therefore, that's why when he says in this place, he's very specific. When it comes to divorce, where he wants to chase her away, he wants to divorce her. What difference does it make? I don't care where she is, just as long as you give her a get. So it doesn't matter. Maybe it would be, a, I would think it's a get, even if he says in this place, and turns out he gives her the get in a different place. If he would only let me know in the case, like in the case of divorce, I would say, Here I don't mind if I'm embarrassed. Everyone in the show is going to talk about me. I divorced my wife. Here I don't care. But in the other place, I don't want people to know. I don't want people to, to talk about it. It's, it's, it's too, too embarrassing. So that's why he's, he's careful. I want this place and not the other place. As long as I'm marrying her. I, think I love her. I want to marry her. I don't care where she is. That's why I need to teach me both, both cases of Kiddushin and Gerushin separately. Next mission. Look, they look at mission. If he betrothes a wife and he says on the condition that you don't have any oaths. And he vows. And it turns out she has vows. She's not betrothed. If he just takes her in. And it turns out she has vows. So he, can, he has to divorce her because the marriage is a marriage. The betrothal is a betrothal. But he doesn't give her any, any ksuva. He says, I don't want, I never marry, I don't want a woman who's constantly making vows. It's going to be a disaster. The marriage will be a disaster. Right. If he takes her in. 
and it turns out she has no taste. If he says I'm marrying her the condition, she has no defects. It's, he bought a lemon. Right? It's a it's a stam. He didn't mention anything. It's a moment. The marriage is a marriage, but he says, listen, I don't want to live with a woman who has defects. So he go he he, he divorces her and does nothing with Suva. All the defects that disqualify a Koyin from serving in the temple also disqualify a woman. You want a perfect woman. You want to have all the milas. If it was an obvious defect and she was blind, she was missing a hand and you married her, well, you knew it and you, you wanted to marry anyway. We're talking about hidden defects that there's no way to know until you're intimate with her. So I'm sorry, I, I never, I wouldn't, I, I bought a lemon. I would never marry her. I'm not interested. But, but since you didn't specify, so you have to give a guess. But she, you don't have to pay her anything. You don't have to give her a silver. That's the mission. Yes. Dr. Gemara, Nanami. We also learned, Gabik Again, again, this exact same thing. The same Mishnah. The end of Ksuvah. So why, why do you have to learn the same Allah twice? Here and there. The Gemara says, Kiddush and Yitzchale. Here, you, here we're learning the laws of Kiddush. Is it a good Kiddush? It is not. Once you already mentioned Kiddush, you're talking Ksuvah, not the Kiddush. So you already, already mentioned Ksuvah, what happens after they get, you have to give a Ksuvah or not. Hasam over there, Ksuvah, there he's learning the laws of Ksuvah. But once he teaches the laws of Ksuvah, Tana Kiddush, not the Ksuvah. He's already teaching the law, he already mentions the law. Is it a Kiddush? It's not a Kiddush. You need a divorce, you don't need a divorce. Okay, next mission. If you sank, if you betrothed two women with one penny, one penny, so everyone gets a half a penny. Or one woman, less than a penny. Even though afterwards he sends gifts, you know, you buy your jewelry, you buy a present. We continue on side B in 50B. He's not betrothed. It's not. That the gifts make up for the kiddushin. The no, gifts are not kiddushin. Once you're already married, I'm right. sending you gifts. So the marriage is not a marriage. Less than a Less penny than is a not a marriage. Right. Also a minor who betrothed, and he sends gifts after after he matures. It doesn't matter since the kiddushin was when he was a minor, and that's not a valid kiddushin. So the gifts that he sends later is meaningless. Okay. That's the mission. Why do you have to give me two examples? The case of someone who betrothes two women or betrothes one woman less than a penny. In other words, he thinks, in his mind, the husband thinks that since he, he laid out a penny, yes, for two, for two women, in his mind, he laid out a penny, so surely that his intention was for the sake of Kiddushin. He thinks it's a valid Kiddushin. He marries them both, and the gifts that he sends them afterwards is after the marriage. After he's already betrothed, he's sending them gifts. 
But in the case if he gives a one woman less than a penny, he knows that it's not a valid Kiddushan. Everyone knows that less than a penny is no betrothal. So then when he sends her gifts, maybe he's sending her to betroth her. He made a mistake. Now the gift is a Kiddushan. Yes, exactly. So that's why he has to let me know. No. That's why he lets me know. And if you can let me know these two. Still not, uh, but he's still, he's still in patrol, But if he would let me know these two cases, I would think. Maybe a person doesn't know exactly what's exactly a penny, what's a little less than a penny. So in his mind, he thought that he gave a penny, and it turns out it's less than a penny. So when he sends gifts, even in the case of one woman and less than a penny, he thinks in his mind that he already did the Kiddushan. The gifts are a follow-up to the Kiddushan. A minor that betrothes. Everyone know a minor can't betroth. Right, right. So therefore, when he grows up and he sends her the follow, when he sends her gifts, he definitely intentionally has a mind that these gifts are the Kiddushan. Now that he's an adult, he's sending her gifts as a Kiddushan. No. That it's only a follow-up to the Kiddushin. Both Rav and Abba says, no, that a person was, let's say, engaged to a woman. He didn't betroth her yet. And then he sends her gifts in front of witnesses. You have to be careful. That's why we're careful. You don't give a ring to your bride. Before, before the marriage because you know maybe it's a Kiddushin maybe you, <laughs> you're sending in front of the witnesses maybe it'll act as a Kiddushin no no you get it out of a that if she if they if they receive if she receives gifts in front of the witnesses maybe that's a Kiddushin and therefore if the gifts were yeah yeah and if after she received the gift she took a Kiddushin from someone else she needs a divorce from both of them because I'm not sure which one she is betrothed to. Okay. It's both Rabba and Abuna hold this. Rabba said, But I can ask on this halach. We learned in our Mishnah. If you give one woman less than a penny and then you send her gifts, she's not Makudish. It's not even a doubt. She's definitely not Makudish. So you see that gifts, gifts are after the fact. After the marriage, was, you don't he, confuse gifts with kiddushin, right? Some said that Abba Hosam of the time. Here we said some machmas kiddushin and shenim himself. There we're talking about he he betrothed her. He thinks it's a valid betrothal. The gifts here are follow up to the betrothal. The case of Rav Huna and Abba we're talking about. He sent gifts before the betrothal, after the engagement. So that's why I would think that maybe. Others say, I know this halach. I bring a proof from our Mishnah. The Mishnah gives a reason why you don't you don't worry about the gifts being the Kiddushin, because the gifts come after the betrothal. So it's a follow up to the betrothal, not as a substitute for the betrothal, as a replacement for the betrothal. But here, in our case, with the boy, because of Baal Mav Here he makes a mistake because he thinks that the first condition was valid, therefore, just a follow up. 
But if you give the the gifts instead before the kiddushin, then we do have to suspect that maybe the gifts act as a kiddushin. Maybe they're just gifts, though. See, that's another thing. He doesn't say for sure. We're not sure. Yeah. That's why you need to get misafik. But in the case yeah. of our Mishnah, you don't even. It's for sure not a kiddushin. It's for sure a follower. Abaya, Abaya disagrees. He says he can't bring a proof from our Mishnah. Let me boy comment. The fact that our Mishnah only says that it's a follow-up, it's not necessary. Not only, if he gives the gifts before the Kiddushin, surely it's just a gift. It's just a, an engagement present. It's not a Kiddushin. Here, even after he betrothed her. And it turned out the betrothal is not a valid betrothal. So here I would think that the gifts is a replacement to make sure that it's a valid Kiddushin. Hey, Mavi Kedushin, he's a Kamashmala. No, that it's definitely not a Kedushin because it's a follow-up. But surely, in the case where you give gifts before the Kedushin, surely it's just an engagement present. It's never had a mind. He's not ready yet for Kedushin. So my Havala, what's the, what's the answer? Is Abaya correct or Ravuna and Abba? A place where the custom is. At first you betroth, and only then do you give gifts. Chayshinot. So we suspect, we worry that that if he gives gifts earlier, he doesn't want to change the custom. He's going to give engagement gifts. No one gives engagement gifts. Everyone gives their gifts after the betrothal. So why is he sending her gifts before the Kiddushin? It must be he has a mind to betroth her. These are not gifts. He's betrothing her with these gifts. But in a place, a place where the custom is, you give engagement present. And then you betroth. You don't have to worry. Surely it's just an engagement present. It's not even a, you don't even have to be suspicious. A place where everyone betrothed and then they give gifts. Obviously. If he's gave gifts before, surely, and he's going against the custom, surely you have to suspect that maybe the gifts are acting as a betrothal. What's the chiddush? The custom in that area. Yeah, so what's the chiddush? What, our papa has to let me know? Well, if he's in an area where they do what he did, it's okay. You might answer, you'll need this in the place. The ruba makati Majority of people do betrothal and then they give the gifts. But mayuta, you have a minority... Misabli, they give first engagement present and then other makachi. So the question is, I would think that maybe, maybe he's from the minority. And maybe the gifts are, he's from the minority and therefore the gifts are meaningless. It's not the Kiddushin. It's just a gift, an engagement gift, present. Kamashalon, that's why he says, no, we have to follow the majority and maybe he is from, the, probably is from the majority and maybe no one gives gifts before the betrothal so we have to suspect that maybe he intended the gifts to be the act as the Kiddushin what if a witnesses saw a person holding holding a ksuva is, it, is this a proof that she's married to him He's holding a ksuva. In the marketplace. Usually, who, he, he holds the ksuva after he gets married. Yeah, but this is in the marketplace. Yeah, he's holding a ksuva in the marketplace. She goes ahead and she marries someone else. Do we have to say that maybe she's, she can't be married to someone else? She's already married. There's a ksuva written with her name in it. Yeah. You, who's going to write a ksuva unless you're married? 
so Cheshino, uh, so so the question is, right? Do we worry? Do we suspect? Do we say that she's definitely married to this one? How do you put the silver for you, betrothed? No, you write the silver. Well, we don't have this one. They're engaged. Maybe they they told the the, the scribe to write a silver for them. Wait, wait, so surely, surely. They were engaged, and then he goes to the marketplace. And to, then, and then he has show off and say, "Here's my kasuba," you know. No, the witness, witnesses saw publicly. Everyone saw he, yeah, he had an exuba. So surely he must be betrothed already. Yeah. So, so he answered. No, betrothed, betrothed. So Rav answered. So Rav answered. Maybe he wrote the exuba. Maybe they're engaged. He wrote the exuba. Doesn't mean they're already betrothed. He's going to betroth her. He's planning to betroth her. But how do I know it's already done? If she has the exuba, is one thing. After you get married, he gives her the ksuva to hold on to, but he's holding the ksuva. So maybe he's planning to marry her. It's no secret. He, maybe he's engaged already. They went to the cipher to prepare the ksuva, but how do I know he already betrothed her? My have Allah. So what's the Allah? Ravashi. The place where the custom is first you betrothed, and then you write the ksuva. Then Kaishinan. If he's holding the ksuva already, surely he already betrothed her. But a place with Kasvi on the Makati, a place where they write the ksuva after the engagement, before they are betrothed. You don't have to worry. Just because he has a ksuva, we saw him publicly, in the public, with a ksuva, it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't mean he betrothed her already. It means he's planning to marry him. Maybe he didn't betroth her. He might ask Makati, what the Kasvi treats her. That's a place where the custom is Makati. Well, the cast with the custom is first you betrothed, and then you write it. Pshita, obviously, if you see a ksuva, you, you suspect that maybe she's already married. What do you have to teach me? It's obvious. Your mother says, Lo No, you only need this. There's no scribe. He happened to be a scribe, came to town. So, therefore, he went and wrote it before. Yeah. That we say no. We, that, we follow the custom. The custom is you don't write it before. He wouldn't write it before, and therefore, surely, surely, she's betrothed. We'll, we'll do the mission tomorrow. Everyone have a good night.